We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. the third pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Hornets select LaMelo Ball from Chino Hills, California. TJ, oh my goodness! Stunning phenomenon! Devontae Deep! Oh my goodness! Alright guys, welcome to BuzzBeat, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. This is Richie, and I'll be joined by Lee and Spencer today to discuss free agency. Before we get into the episode, we just wanted to remind everyone, if you haven't done so, please give us a rating and review. It helps us get noticed, helps the algorithm. Also, if you want to learn more about our website, you can visit buymeacoffee.com slash buzzbeat, or look for the link in our episode notes. Since our last episode, Scott and Keith are our newest members at Buy Me A Coffee, so we thank you guys for donating. We are also live on the Spotify Green Room app. If you are listening live and would like to chime in or ask questions, you can request to speak. We'll save time for that. Or if you just want to chat us as well, questions or comments, uh, if you're not wanting to speak, we'll get you guys as well. So Lee Spencer, I, I put out a poll today on BuzzBeat. Which do you enjoy more, free agency or the draft? Lee, I feel like I know which way you lean, and I would disagree with you, but uh, what do you think? Yeah, I've, I've always been a draft guy, but I feel like that's a minority opinion. Like I feel like people get way more excited about free agency now than they do about the draft. So I feel like I'm, uh, I feel like I'm against the grain there, but I've, just, I've always been a draft guy. It's like my favorite night of the year. I started as a draft guy because – when I first got real serious about, you know, following this team, this franchise in the NBA, you know, back in 2009, 2010, you know, I was coaching basketball. So it was like right down my alley, right, to dive into film. And so I, I fell in love with it first there. But since learning the CBA and kind of learning more about the business side of basketball, I think I lean for agency now. I The, the rules in basketball, the CBA for this league are, are quite complicated. Um, but when you really dig in and, and you – you know, you trial and error your way through it and learn all the different rules and what can work and what can't and why and why it can't work and specifically sign and trades. I guess we'll get into that here in a little bit. Those rules are complicated. Um, yeah, I just, once you start diving into the CBA and you start figuring stuff out, that it, it, free agency becomes a lot more fun. It's complicated, but it's fun, I guess is a good way that you can put it. You might have to stretch a Nick Batum if you need to, if you got to <laughs> sign someone. So, 
All right, so free agency technically starts in about 30 to 40 minutes from now where teams can officially legally, I guess, negotiate with free agents. Somehow there's rumors out there that people are linked to certain teams, even though uh, that's not supposed to start until 6 p.m. today. On Friday, August 6th at 12.01, teams can officially sign those free agents as the moratorium ends. So in terms of the Hornets, we had a couple pieces of news that came our way uh, with the qualifying offers of Devontae Graham and the no qualifying offer for Malik Monk. And to me, this was never a big surprise for a couple of reasons. One, I think you would probably argue that Devontae Graham is better suited to run a, a second unit and you're going to need a backup point guard right now. And uh, Monk, while he is good at playmaking, I don't necessarily view him as a point guard. But number two, Monk's cap hold is just much greater or was much greater than Devontae Graham. And it just limited their flexibility. So to me, this was never really a surprise. I didn't think that they'd be able to bring back both of them. Um, So yes, by not uh, extending that qualifying offer to Malik Monk, it kind of signaled that you were, I guess, giving up on Malik Monk. Technically speaking, you know, they can technically still bring back Monk even uh, until they renounce him. They, They have his bird rights. But uh, that is something that was not a surprise to me, Lee. Yeah, no, particularly, I think I was kind of of the opinion that they may try and keep both those assets in-house. Um, but once once they used the lottery draft capital on book night, I think that was kind of a clear signal. It's like not super similar players by any means, but kind of a similar archetype and role that they would likely fill um, in the second unit, I've kind of always been of the opinion that that, that you're not going to be able to keep Graham, Monk, and Rozier all just all on this team because from like a roster construction standpoint. But prior to the draft, I was kind of hopeful they would retain both guards, keep the assets in-house, and figure that out later. That being said, the cap holds a great point. Bringing in James Booknight with the 11th pick, all of this kind of signaled that Monk would be moving along. And, you know, I, look, I'm, I'm still holding some Malik Monk's stock. He, 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 he made some meaningful strides each of the last two seasons. I think he'll be like a sneaky, decent signing in free agency. I could see him in the right role with the right team. I could see him flourishing even still in the league. He's still really young, as we've kind of joked about on this pod a million times. Yeah, I think Lee made a great point, you know, about drafting Book Knight. I don't think the Hornets knew Book Knight was falling to him at 11, you know, on draft night. So, you know, we we can't be sure that they'd already made up their minds. They were moving on from Monk. But, yeah, I mean, you guys brought it up. The cap hold, $60 million. Uh, It it was really going to – it was going to strap Charlotte uh, and their flexibility in free agency. And they they just had a lot more to get done, specifically plugging – you know, finding a defensive wing and and then somebody in the middle. So – I mean, this is how I felt it was going to go uh, for a while now, just looking out at the cap space, at that cap hold. And, I, you know, I get it. Monk had some really bright moments. He's a better playmaker, and he gets credit for it. He's a great athlete, still has a lot of shooting capability, and, and I agree with Lee, too. I think somebody's going to be happy with a value addition here. But, like, the timeline of where Charlotte is, where they're going, where their priorities lay, and then you just lay that cap hold on top of all that, and it, it just didn't make a lot of sense that he was going to be retained. You know, it's funny, on draft night when the Hornets drafted Malik Monk, wasn't he rumored to go to the Knicks at some point? Like, wasn't that? That's, yeah, and that's where he wanted to go. Right, isn't that a thing? I feel like... Well, and he, he kind of fell to us that year, too, correct, a little bit. For sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, we were. I was psyched that he I got was to us <laughs> at eleven. I think it, it was as well. Yeah, but I, but I guess what I'm getting at what what if he does end up with the Knicks now? Like I feel like that could be a potential target for New York. So. Very natural. Yeah. yeah, and that's already been kind of floated by by some, or it's probably already rumored, honestly. So I, I think that's I think it's a great place for Monk. I mean. The garden, Monk lighting it up, running, running, the, <laughs> running the wing in transition. I mean, they would fall in love with that guy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. So speaking of some salary cap numbers for the Hornets specifically, my, my numbers are not like exact, exact, but the salary cap projected salary cap for the NBA is a hundred and 12 million. So correct me if I'm wrong here, Spencer. And then as you add up all of the, the, the contracts plus Graham's cap hold, uh, the Hornets are about 104 million. So that leaves them with about $8 million left in space. Uh, and that is kind of what we're working with as the Hornets approach free agency at 6 PM and 30 minutes from now. But Let's get to some of the rumors here. The rumors that are surrounding Devontae Graham. So even though that the Hornets did offer Devontae Graham a qualifying offer, making him a restricted free agent, there are now rumors that are coming out that he may be a part of a trade. Both of them involving the teams of the New Orleans Pelicans and Chicago Bulls, in which in one rumor trade from Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report, don't know how much stock to put into his report, but he says that Devontae Graham will be heading to New Orleans as Thomas Sadoransky and Josh Hart, along with some drafts capital, will heading, be heading back to Charlotte. And then there's another report out there that Laurie Markkinen uh, would be heading to Charlotte. So I don't know if these are one in the same or just two separate rumors going on here. Again, these are rumors. And by the time you're listening to this on the podcast version, this conversation may be for not. So uh, there, there could be some more news as we approach the six o'clock hour. To me, to me, if, if you were to ask me, would I rather have Thomas Sadoransky and Josh Hart, or if I'd rather have Laurie Markkinen, I'm leaning, I'm leaning Thomas Sadoransky and Josh Hart. That's just the way that I would lean. And, and draft stuff. <laughs> and draft stuff. And draft stuff, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. I agree, Richie. Um, and when the you know when these reports start, first started kind of leaking out this morning, I, I thought. You know, Devontae signed, traded New Orleans, Lonzo going to Chicago. How does Charlotte really fit into this? So my first thought was some stuff like a Josh Hart or Thomas Sadoransky or even a Thaddeus Young, who I think could be a really useful piece uh, for the Hornets roster as well. You know, creating that salary cap space, helping Chicago out, and then, and then getting picks on top of that. Some, you know, machination uh, of a deal in that way made more sense to me than a, a one player for one player for one player. Laurie shooting is nice. I'm not really sure what else he does as a basketball player. I, I really don't. I mean, he's a poor rebounder. He's not a good passer. You know, albeit seven foot, his defensive numbers are disappointing. He doesn't block shots. So the shooting is nice, but like we talked about it a lot last season, Richie uh, and Lee, I, I know you know this, you know, the Hornets, they struggled defensively. It's why we watched them play a junk defense, a zone mm-hmm. matchup all, all year. I mean, Lauren Market is not moving the needle for you there, and there's just nothing else I can point to in his game that really gets me excited. I, uh, even though he's you know still under 25 years old, so I don't want to you know put a nail on his casket just yet. But yeah. I, I would not trade for him. Yeah, I don't. I don't think his stock is on the rise by any means. It's either plateaued or, or kind of heading on the downward trend. Uh, to your point about defense, it, it feels like Hornets need to approach somebody that has something on the defensive side of the court because with the draft, we didn't really address the defensive side of the court there. And if you are acquiring Laurie Markin and he's not going to give you anything on the defensive side of the court, he doesn't feel like a guy that could guard fives to me. Like he's not a true five, ex- especially on the defensive side of the court. Yeah, like you said, he's going he's gonna to improve your offense. He's going to have some spacing and some movement to him, off-screen stuff. But I'm just not really sold that he makes Charlotte better. And that that's a trade that, you know, maybe I'd have to digest a little bit more. But marking into Charlotte just doesn't feel like it solves the issues for Charlotte. And I mentioned this in our Slack thread, but of the three names that are mentioned, I'm actually kind of intrigued or maybe I'm impressed the most with the idea of Thomas Sadoransky coming to Charlotte. I, I think he's a guy that can play both on and off ball. And if Devontae Graham is exiting Charlotte, you're going to really need a, a smart guy that can get that second unit offense. And I think he does that. He gets others involved. He's a good playmaker and he can play off ball as well. He's a smart and, and heady cutter. He did a pretty good job at, at finishing at the rim this past season. And, you know, he's not the best shooter from deep, but he shot decently from there. And then most importantly, like I mentioned just now, like we need someone that is adequate on the defensive side of the court. And I, and I think he's an above average type of guy, and as well as Josh Hart. So th- that's kind of what intrigues me more about that deal is just the defensive side and the two-way ability of those guys versus Laurie Markkinen, who's only going to be an impact on the offensive side. Yeah, I... Um... I might be like a little bit more optimistic about marketing's future than y'all, but I completely agree that the package of Hart and Sanaransky plus the draft capital just makes so much more sense for this team. Like, I mean, and one thing I wanted to bring up is like, if Devontae Graham and Monk are not on this roster, you're basically relying on LaMelo Ball, who's a, obviously a fantastic playmaker. He's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty decent. Terry Rozier, who we all know, you know, he exists as his best self, as like a, a shot hunter, not as a playmaker. James Booknight, who I've talked myself into completely as, as being optimistic on him as the 11th pick. But even if you're super high on Booknight, like you just have to realize from an historical standpoint, you can't really count on, an, on the 11th pick in the draft, like immediately contributing as an elite playmaker in his rookie season. 
Of course, Hayward's a really nice like wing playmaker and can mm-hmm. even initiate offense. But what did we see last year when we had a couple injuries in the backcourt? The the playmaking juice for the Charlotte Hornets was just completely gone, and the offense got stuck in mud in the second half of the of the season. So if you're not recouping some playmaking with Devontae Graham going out of the door, I'm not sure what you're thinking. Like, again, like I like marketing a little bit, but y'all laid it out terrifically on why he doesn't really solve any of the problems this team has. You've got to get a guy back like Sanaransky, who's not really like a traditional quick twitch playmaker, but he's a ball mover. He's an offensive connector. He's a solid pick and roll player. Look, the Hornets have got to get some playmaking back if Devontae Graham's not going to be back on this team next year, in my opinion. Agreed. I'd bring up this. I, I would bring up this too, Richie. Just thinking about it from looking out in the Hornets' salary sheet next season and beyond. Josh Hart is a restricted free agent currently, so if you're if he's in the trade, you're, he has to be a sign and trade, which mm-hmm. means the Hornets are signing up for him to be a future part of the core. I'm sorry, Richie. Isn't it three years minimum? Yeah, right. So you're signing up for him to be a part of your core. Why I like like the Thaddeus Young Sadoransky deal a little more is that I think that you know Sadoransky's not going to give you everything, at least on the defensive side. Although he's probably an underrated player on that end too. That Hart will, uh, and you're not going to get the shooting, at least theoretical shooting that Hart would give you. But you get two expiring contracts and Young. Mm-hmm. And in Sadoransky, and I, and again, I think Thaddeus Young is almost exactly what the Hornets need on the roster. They need a, a very versatile defensive wing, uh, and and Young's been pretty consistent in that area. So looking ahead, a, a, a deal with Young and Sadoransky in it, you get all, off all that money, which is about twenty million, just next season, and then you got the Miles extension that kicks in. Probably gets done this offseason. If it doesn't, you're going to have to match an offer sheet for him next summer. P.J. Washington is, ext- is extension eligible next summer. So you got a lot of uh, – you're, you're going to have to pay the piper here pretty soon if you're the Hornets. So taking on long-term salary, I think, in a sign-and-trade when you could get two expiring contracts and probably just as much on-court production for this season, mm-hmm. I think makes a little bit more sense to me. Yeah, I didn't realize Thaddeus Young was out there rumored heading to Charlotte. I didn't see that, but you could be correct. I don't think it's rumored. He's just if, – if Chicago wants to extend Zach Levine – get DeMar DeRozan in and find a way to get Lonzo Ball via sign and trade. I think they have to get off Sadoransky and Young. I think they have. So, I mean, it's it, just the the theoretical fit of yeah. that trade and Charlotte being a dumping ground makes some sense if they can also sign and trade Graham and, get, and create the space. Yeah, I mean, Sadoransky and Young versus Sadoransky and Hart on court doesn't really make that much of a difference to me. But to your point, if, if you're going to acquire Josh Hart, you're, you're, it's a sign and trade. So you're, you're going to be taking on him. Right plus for, for three years. So, um, right. yeah, so I, I would agree with that. I didn't realize that uh, Thaddeus Young was in expiring, so that's pretty cool. Lee, any other thoughts on these rumors deals with, uh, you know, Devontae Graham? Uh, no, I mean, I, I will say, though, like, w- without having a ton of time to really digest it all and let it marinate, I, I honestly think I'm leaning towards just hoping that they retain Devontae Graham. Like, I'm just not sure, again, like, we only have a couple examples of rumors out there. Right. We don't really know what's going to come back. I just I just think, like, if those are the options, and I agree with Spencer, by the way, like, Thad Young is an underrated guy. He consistently helps the teams he's on and, and really gets no fanfare about it. He Good would defense. absolutely help our roster. But if you're giving me all these options, like, just give me Devontae Graham back and, and, and let's run this thing back. And then, like you said, Richie, we've still got – 
um, we've still we've still got a little bit of cap flexibility. They could still make like like one or two more moves, which they wouldn't be massive pieces, but they could be kind of like you know potential rotation pieces. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with it, to be honest with you. It's funny. Someone just commented. Uh, Maxwell Millington said, "I was just in Keith Smith's room, and he told me not to rule out Charlotte re-signing Cody Zeller." I. I kind of, I've, I've actually ruled him out. I just totally forgot about him coming back with all the bigs, quote-unquote bigs, that we got in the draft. And with him saying that he wanted to go to a team that was like in the top four spots. It's Charlotte's in such a weird place in terms of what, what they're trying to do with mm-hmm. the youth versus the pressure of trying to repeat what they did last year. It's very tough to navigate for Mitch Kupchak because I know there's got to be some pressure internally, externally, with this Hornets team trying to get in the playoffs again. Be in the playoffs and avoid the play-in altogether. I think that's something that people are expecting in Charlotte. But you know, outside of like you know Gordon Hayward, you you got a roster full of pretty much inexperienced guys, and yeah, I just I just don't know really what they're going to be doing in free agency in terms of what they're trying to do for this upcoming season. That That's kind of where I'm confused as to kind of the direction of this team. And that's what, yeah. And that's exactly why I think a deal like a, a young Saturansky and picks threads the needle between those two things, Richie, because you get some guard help, a guard with some size, you get that defensive wing help uh, and, and you create cap flexibility for yourself in next summer. So I think that's the thread, the needle trade, if it becomes available. And by the way, Bobby Marks just tweeted uh, probably about 20 minutes ago that, Sadaransky and Young's uh, contracts for this coming season have been officially guaranteed. They had partial guarantees on them. So who knows? It could be nothing. That could also trigger that they're about to be moved. Correct. Yeah, that that seems like a a sign. All right. So any other thoughts on these trades or do you guys want to talk about potential free agent targets? Yeah, let's let's dive into some targets here. Okay. I guess this is is kind of hard to judge because if the Hornets were not involved in these trade talks, then clearly the targets uh, in free agency are going to be a little bit different. But the ones that I started to note before these trade rumors came about, one of my favorite guys that I think would help Charlotte, again, I've I've said this a couple times on the podcast here, but they've got to target someone with some two-way ability. Like they've got to address the defensive side of the court, but also being a player on the offensive side that can provide some punch as well. The one guy that that feels like he's my favorite right now, and it may not be gettable just because of the potential salary that he could gain out on the open market. I could see him getting anywhere from like seven to $9 million out there is Reggie Bullock from the Knicks Mm. and 30 years old. So he's getting up there in age. He's going to provide that two-way ability with his perimeter shooting and his perimeter defense, which Charlotte desperately needs He's a catch-and-shoot guy. He can space the court. Shot 41% from behind the arc last year. You can use him in the half court uh, in terms of, like, you know, maybe dribble handoffs or have him drift to the corner and space the court. I can also see him being a, a big benefit in Charlotte when they're running up and down the court with him spacing out to the corners or, you know, just spacing in general and allowing, you know, Miles Bridges and, and James Booknight and P.J. Washington just to kind of find the spaces uh, in between. So, uh, you know, again, more importantly, this guy is someone that's going to be able to defend three to four positions on the on the court. And I think, you know, I like him defending the point of attack. And I think that's something that Charlotte needs. And it will go a long way in helping Charlotte's defense. I just don't know if he's attainable. That's a, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good, I mean, Bullock was, 
really, really, really useful uh, two-way wing last year. He literally can't dribble. But, I mean, <laughs> other than that, like, his shooting last year was some of the best in the league, some of the most surprising in the league probably. Huge reason of why, you know, the, the Knicks got to where they were, specifically their offense overachieved. Yeah, and, and he is a, an okay defensive presence. I, I don't always love it, but the numbers bear out pretty good. His EPM's positive on that end of the floor. Um, yeah, Bullock's not really one I thought about, but I do like that, Richie, and I think I think that your price range is probably uh, dead on. So it fits right into what the Hornets could do. And then bring back uh, Cody Zeller on a veteran's minimum. So there you go. Free agency done. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe our hands of it. Done deal. <laughs> I hope Mitch is listening. Yes. <laughs> This is true, right, Spencer, that if the Hornets were to, again, if Devontae Graham is staying with this team, this all this is all dependent on this, if mm-hmm. the Hornets are going to exceed the cap, they're going to want to sign someone first and then make that signing of Devontae official because they can exceed the correct. cap with his bird right, correct? Right, yeah, okay. exactly. And, and Zeller, too. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to keep his, like, $25 million cap hole or whatever, whatever it is on the books, but the same rule would apply. They could exceed the cap as far as they want to to resign a player they have full bird rights on. Lee, Spencer, any other names you want to throw out there as potential targets for Charlotte? Well, the Bull- the Bullock one's really good. Like you said, Richie, I, I would imagine if I had to guess he's going to end up being too expensive. Right just because that archetype is super valuable and, and they're, but, but then again, like to, to shift gears a little bit, like there aren't a ton of teams out there with a ton of cap space. So particularly like not necessarily in Bullock's market, but particularly like in the point guard market, there's going to be, there's going to be some point guards out there that, that, that think they're going to get paid more than they might just because the market's a little saturated and there's only so there's only so many teams that, that can, that can pony up and pay. I mean, I'm always partial to a reclamation project, like, uh, you know, a guy like Zach Collins, um, who's really talented, but has just, I mean, basically we haven't seen him play in two seasons, but, but was, was, was a contributor early in his career in Portland and then just got completely derailed with injuries. I, I, you know, obviously the price tag would be contingent on my, on my kind of emotions about something like that. But I wouldn't hate, again, as Spencer was saying, like the Hornets kind of have to continue to thread the needle here of being competitive and still trying to make sure we have like attractive assets moving into the future. I wouldn't hate a, a reclamation project like like a, like a Zach Tal- Collins type or or even a guy like you know Harry Harry Giles who kind of <laughs> tried to do that in Portland last year and didn't really work out. It, it's 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 a it's it, the cupboard's a bit bare, particularly with the flexibility the Hornets have. But that that's something I've thought about a little bit. Didn't Zach Collins re-injure something recently? Or am I misremembering that? He was out basically all last year. Right. I thought he was currently healthy. I could be wrong. He's only 23 years old, but it feels like he's kind of been around forever. Yeah. I think he has I think he has injured his ankle. I'm not sure if the same one, but he he has an ankle surgery, I believe, uh 3 times. Wow. And he's already been uh, 23 years old, so or three significant ankle injuries. That, yeah, I agree. That's a good one. That's a really good one in terms of just age, the value you're getting on his age, what's still left in the tank if he could just stay healthy. I just, I'm Mitch Kupchak. I would probably probably be so scarred from the Cody Zeller experience, you know, last mm-hmm. year. Just not, be, you know, having a guy that you know is going to help he's on the floor, but just not being able to count on him being probably lean towards finding someone that, that is really durable. I don't love it, but I do think the whole Hassan Whiteside 
rumors that we might have seen earlier today. The Hornets linked to him. I think that Ugh. probably has uh, just because he comes very, he should come very. He's from Charlotte. I'm sure that the two parties have talked. You know, I, I think it's worth you know revisiting John uh, Holmes. I, I, you know, it sounds like Sacramento wants to bring him back, but he also seems like a guy that's going to get squeezed uh, potentially in this market. So he could get something, you know, like two or three year, probably three years from Charlotte for, you know, somewhere in the $50 million range, or he could just go back to Sacramento and retest the market next year. So I, I don't think that one's dead yet. And then you're like really dumpster diving at that point. I mean, you got to go look at like a Gorgie, a Gorgie Jang, uh, a Tony Bradley, you know, some of these names where it's, it's really close to a minimum. I don't hate the Jang one. I, I think if you could get him for, that minimum, maybe a little north of that. I actually like what he does. You know, he can stretch and shoot it. He's good uh, defensive center. So he would be very cheap, just older. So yeah, where I started, I would find a center that you can count on being out there. Yeah, so in the chat, someone just said, uh, or Dylan Jackson, actually, what do we think of Danny Green? And Danny Green and Reggie Bullock are not, you know, the exact copies of each other. I think that Danny Green would probably provide a little bit more in terms of you know, the offense and the defensive side of the court, but he might be a guy, again, that might be just a little bit outside the Hornets' price range. Go ahead, Lee. I was just going to say, I mean, I love Danny Green. Yeah. I think the pro- the problem with that is, like you said, potentially the price range. And then, and this is total speculation on my end, I would just assume that, you know, with the context of his last three stops, you know, winning a title in Toronto – winning a title in L.A., chasing a title in Philly. I would just guess and assume that Danny Green wants to play for a contender. Yeah, so Charlotte. Charlotte. Yes, exactly. That's that's the, exactly the point I was going to make. So it's a perfect fit. <laughs> I think the impact in which Reggie Bullock can bring to the team and, and to Lee's point, maybe be more attainable because of the price point and just mm-hmm. because that Danny Green might be chasing another ring, I guess, uh, or want to be on a contender. I think I lean Reggie Bullock just for the fact that it's more realistic. Yeah, I would probably agree with you, Richie. Um, yeah, Danny Green, he shot the ball better last season. You know, he's another guy, really can't put it on the floor at all. I, I think age is probably catching up with Danny Green. I don't think he's the same defender he once was. So I, I would I would lean Bullock, and you get a little more size with Bullock too. So, uh, But both both good candidates and, and, you know, very possible for what Charlotte's going to have to spin here. I got two. Uh, I got two deep cuts, if I may. Okay. Um, these would be like minimum guys, obviously. But uh, one guy is Matt Thomas um, that was in Toronto and was in, had some moments in Toronto. Actually, was in Utah this year and didn't really play a ton because Utah was really good and 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 has some good wings. Obviously, he I would feel be like he a, had a moment against Charlotte. I feel like he had a really he, good moment. He had a couple. Yeah. yeah, he made shots against us a few times. I mean, he he brings nothing else besides shooting, but he is like just a total knockdown guy um, that, you know, I think we could use one. I think we could use another like knockdown shooter on, on the minimum potentially. And then another, maybe even deeper cut uh, David Nabla. I'm probably mispronouncing that for Houston, which the Houston roster was just a complete mess last year. He was like in and out of the rotation, just like kind of all their other young players, he can't shoot a lick, but he's a brick house on the ball defender. And he can handle and create, like, he can slash a little bit. Uh, that's not really what you want him for, but he can put the ball on the floor a little bit. But just, like, big-time point-of-attack defender. The problem is he's kind of like uh, it's 
kind of like Gary Payton Jr. Like he guards the ball and almost nothing else. But we could use we could use a minimum like flyer on a guard the ball and nothing else guy. It, yeah, we could. Uh, I mean, we're going to have the room exception to use too if if we mm-hmm. want to do that. And I would even throw another name to that vein, Lee Chris Dunn. I mean, I think he yep. I think he's trying to be moved again. I don't even know what team he's on right now. I know he just got <laughs> traded, but he's so he's a, he's another guy. Heat the ball up. Yeah, that's right. Right. So heat the ball up. Uh, still young. Pretty good size. So, yeah, you just made me think of Don when you brought up. Um, sorry. Nwaba. Yeah, Nwaba. Yeah, Dave Nwaba. Yeah. You actually mentioned Jeff Green the other day, but he might be in the same boat as as Danny Green in terms of maybe trying to go where somewhere on a minimum uh, on a team that, that is contending. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think Jeff Green would be a great fit in Charlotte. Again, he's like that Thaddeus Young type of role. He's that kind of versatile, long wing defender who can shoot threes and, and do a little bit more with the ball that this team really, really needs. I, I think that if I had to sign Jeff Green for, you know, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 million dollars, or I could just, you know, get Thaddeus Young and like a salary dump and get yeah. some draft stuff, I'm obviously doing that. I, I would think that you could probably get Jeff Green for like three. Like, I just – I can't imagine him getting that much more in the open market. I think – I mean, I think he's going to get – I think he's going to get more money than you think um, this offseason. He was really freaking good for, for Brooklyn last season. He's definitely earned more than what he played on last year. That's for sure. He was yeah. on a minimum. Oh, no question. No question. I, I think he got a big payday. Yeah. No, I mean, I, he's still a very useful player in this league, and he's the type of player that everyone is looking for in the postseason, right? Like you can, he can play four, he can play five. He's never going to get played off the floor. And if he's making shots, he's literally one of the most valuable player archetypes in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, he, he killed it in a couple games in the playoffs. He, he's a guy that can get to the rim and he's a guy that can shoot from behind the arc. He's a corner shooter. Uh, I think an underrated aspect of, of Jeff Green's game is the fact that he can play out of the pick and roll. So just another way to get him involved, pick and roll, pick and pop, almost like, you know, PJ Washington in a way. He has some versatility in, in who he can guard. I think he's probably better suited to guard like a three or a four. You know, Reggie Bullock has some size, and he's probably better. He can, he's actually can guard like once if, if you wanted Reggie Bullock mm-hmm. to. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really have any other names, guys. Some of the names that you look up and down the free agent list, and you're just like, yeah, he's not coming to Charlotte. He's not coming to Charlotte. He, <laughs> he's too expensive. But, you know, back to your point, Spencer, about Rashawn Holmes. I, I tweeted this out today. It just felt like this was the perfect summer to approach him, considering Sacramento's cap situation with, you know, all these extensions coming into play and, and the salary bumps over uh, on their cap sheet and the fact that they can only offer him like $11 million this year or something to that effect. Like, it, it just is like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, this was the perfect opportunity, the perfect storm. And then we go ahead and trade Mason Plumley, you know, I, I think that just threw a wrench into the plans of, you know, trying to approach a, a center. And I know we talked about this on the last podcast, but I would like to rehash some of that conversation that we had with Mason Plumley. And uh, if anyone has any comments in green room about free agency or, or Charlotte or, or Mason Plumley, feel free to chime in. But he, he's a guy again, like on the court, I'm not worried about his fit in Charlotte. Like that's, that's never going to be kind of, you know, the issue here. It's more about the fact that he is taking up cap space. He, he he's limiting us in what we can do in free agency. Um, he actually has a trade kicker, which Charlotte doesn't have to pay. Detroit has to pay, but because of this trade kicker, his salary is not 8 million. It's the 10% of his remaining salary is added on. And so he's actually making like $9 million. So he's taking up about $9 million next season on the cap hold. So, again, is it is it was it worth it to trade up to get JT Thor plus Plumley? 
if you were going to lose out on a Rashawn Holmes and maybe Mitch Kupchak was never going after him or maybe Mitch Kupchak knew that he was never a realistic target. And I guess if that's the case, I'm okay with the trade. But man, I just can't stop thinking about the fact that this was the perfect opportunity to go after someone like Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think it's, you know, I, I shared this draft night. I, I think it's a, a high price to pay to get an old center uh, who's it has been pretty um, durable, I, I guess. But to get an old center at a number that's overpriced for that player, uh, to move up 20 spots in the second round, to then draft a player that is probably not going to see an NBA court for a few seasons. So, you know, it, a little confusing to me. But I think Charlotte probably did that uh, because that's going to be their backup center. Man, if they did this and, and, and Mason's going to be their starter, I, I, I hate it even more, you know. Um, I think but, he's going to be the starter. I mean, I mean, who is the starting, who's the starting center right now? I mean, right now it's him, but I mean, I, I think that they're going to address this in free agency. Certainly I would hope so, but maybe you're right, Richie. Maybe we're like, well, whatever, $9 million. That's, that's the price you got to pay to get It's, it's a price we would have paid if we weren't getting a guy like Rashawn Holmes in free agency. So why don't we do this and, and move up on the draft too? That's fine. It's, it's a fine thought process. I just, this is not like, this is not a Michael Jordan type of, coming off a season where you exceeded expectations and then you have money to spend in free agency and then you go get Mason. Like usually the Hornets will go ahead and try to really go for it strong, but you know what I mean? They'll try to go get that guy in free agency, really get players that can move the needle. Uh, Right, right. They did last year. So I I don't, I have a a, a feeling Mason probably will not be the starting center, but you know, I could be proven wrong. So we got a comment here. Uh, It says, now, the Devontae Graham rumors to OKC, that was not a trade per se. That was just a an offer, right? Like it wasn't. They were going right. to sign him to an offer sheet an offer and then we would have to match if we wanted to keep him, essentially. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I, have a, I have a theory on this, Richie. Oh. <laughs> or actually, sorry, were you going to read a comment real quick? Well, he was asking about potential sign and trade opportunities with OKC, but I didn't think that was actually a rumor out there. So I will skip that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was Chris Hayes uh, tweeted earlier today. It just looks like you know, OKC's got cap space; they can make right. things interesting. Maybe just throwing an overpriced offer sheet at Devonte. My theory is that OKC is trying to hold up the market because they think they're going to dump Kimball Walker somewhere. Mm. Great luck with that, Sam Presti. I know you're one of the best out there, um, and you got stuff to take Kimba in. So now you're going to try to flip him and, and for neutral or even get something for him that plays onto the future. I think that this sign and trade situation between Charlotte, Chicago, and New Orleans is uh, bothering or you know messing up his plans because I think his idea is he's he'd maybe like to send Kim into New Orleans and into their cap space after they strike out with Kyle Lowry and Spencer Dinwiddie and whatever else it might be. He's thinking, oh, I know exactly where I'm dumping uh, Kimball Walker because they're going to be desperate. They got to get Zion's team better now. So that's my theory. I, I think that he doesn't like this three-team sign-and-trade scenario. So he said, you know what? I'm going to hold this up. I'm just going to throw a big, fat offer sheet wow. at Devontae Graham at 601. And and just, I mean, that's how this guy plays the game. Now, that's complete conjecture. I, but that's just kind of my, my back backroom theory here. You have, the best, you have the best conspiracy theories. I don't I don't think of this stuff. I don't think, but, but it, <laughs> it, it, it potentially makes sense. Oh, okay, so another comment in the... Uh, <laughs> sorry, Richie, I break, <laughs> break your brain there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's sigh. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you yeah. feel like that. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense, but I mean, obviously, you're just you're just coming up with the top of your head. Spencer, right. like, I will say to support, to support your, to put my tinfoil hat on too and support <laughs> your theory here, like, it honestly, 
And I think this supports your theory because it really makes no sense for the Oklahoma City Thunder to sign Devontae Graham. It so, does I mean, SGA's on that roster, Lou Dort's on that roster, Teo Maladon's on that roster, Kimba's on that roster, and they just spent the sixth pick on Josh Giddy. So, like, makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. So, I don't know, man. Maybe Presti is just trying to throw a wrench in the whole system. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, and, you know, maybe that's what Presti's way of saying, hey, we want in on this. Right. We want in on this deal somehow. Kimball Walker has to be involved in this deal, or else I'm going to freeze the whole thing by throwing a big, huge offer sheet at Devontae Graham and then pause everybody's plans. So I, I don't know. The more I've workshopped it, the more it kind of makes sense to me. So <laughs> I'm sticking with it. <laughs> All right. Another comment here in Green Room. Anyway, Lori Markinen trade could play into an attempt to get Miles Turner down the road. Also, maybe built around PJ Washington as well. I don't know if he's saying. I'm not really sure exactly what the, the question is asking, but maybe it's like flipping Laurie for Miles Turner. I know here on Buzz Beat, we're not the biggest Miles Turner fans. I know Spencer, you're even lower than I am, but I just, I you know, I like him on the defensive side of the court. I think offensively, he's billed as this guy that's like a pick and pop stretch guy, but he's never really developed that consistent shot. A lot of people over in Indiana like to tell me that, hey, it's because he really hasn't gotten the opportunity with Sabonis over there who gets the focal point, Malcolm Brogdon's the focal point. Uh, So maybe if he were to come to Charlotte where maybe he would have more opportunities to kind of display that stuff, maybe he would kind of flourish over here in Charlotte. So, yeah, I don't know too much about, you know, maybe taking Laurie as an asset and trading him for Miles Turner by any means, but... I also don't think that Miles Turner is is that great. Yeah, I've kind of come to the conclusion that PJ Washington is just a better player than Miles Turner. Like, I know that we've like, oh, it's always been like a swap thing or yeah. Hornets going. Like, I think I'd just rather have PJ, and and maybe that's not maybe that's not a majority opinion. But that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think PJ probably can do more on on the basketball court, uh, useful things than than a Miles Turner. Miles Turner just does something extremely, extremely well that PJ sure. does. You know, he's one of the best shot blockers in the league. Now, I, I don't love Miles Turner in, in Charlotte. Um, although, again, he brings one really important thing to the table that this team needs. But we don't have to revisit all that. Um, I, I I wonder what Indiana's up to though. You know who I'd really be interested in is Malcolm Brogdon. Is there a Malcolm? Is there a way to get Malcolm Brogdon? And I'll take Miles Turner. You, you want to get off of him? We'll take Miles Turner. But I want Malcolm Brogdon. How can we get that guy to Charlotte? What what kind of signing trade scenarios are possible there? That, that's and, and Indiana is going to do something in free agency and in the trade market. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't completely count them out. Yeah. Uh, Lonzo Ball agrees to a four-year, $85 million deal with the Chicago Bulls. Wow. Sounds like three-team signing trade is dead. <laughs> this doesn't necessarily mean that, but... Four years what, Lee? $85 million. $85 million. All righty. I love it when we uh, initially got these rumors today that Lonzo was actually coming to Charlotte. Like that was, or that was the <laughs> kind of confusion that was going on. And we were like, Oh man, Lon, cause I actually prefer Lonzo to Devante. Uh, we have a soft spot here for Devante, but I think Lonzo pairing him with LaMelo sure. Like I get the ball aspect, but I do think that Lonzo provides a whole lot more uh, for this team than Devante would, especially defensively. And I, I think their playmaking is actually closer than maybe many people give them credit for. Uh, but yeah, that would have been interesting to see the balls and Leangelo who's playing in summer league as well. You know, I, I think that uh, LeVar would have to be on the bench at some point to be the coach for Charlotte because we're losing, we've lost two assistant coaches, right? Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, I was um, like, I was like furiously getting my thoughts together about Lonzo Ball coming into our lineup, and then it was just like you know they just threw cold water on it <laughs> immediately. So according to Woj, this is a sign and trade agreement. So we don't know if it's two teams, three teams. Yes. So he is going to Chicago. So all right, New Orleans Pelicans guard Lonzo Ball is landing a four-year, eighty-five million dollar contract with the Chicago Bulls in a sign and trade agreement. His agent. And Clutch Sports CEO Rich Paul tells ESPN. So we don't know if that's just with New Orleans. We don't know if there's another team involved. So it's not dead. Wow. Okay. Interesting. So Interesting. We, so we, oh, uh, Daniel ties to Houston. We're getting all these updates. It's so funny. Two minutes into free agency, and somehow these guys have already come to. <laughs> yeah. To, they, yeah. It didn't take anybody long to, to yeah. get these deals inked. You know, I mean, you can't start till six, but right. it, it, once you get there, it doesn't take long. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. It's a joke. Any other uh, comments from our listeners? Any other questions? Does anyone want to speak about the Hornets in terms of uh, how they should approach free agency? We'll definitely take anything and everything. Spencer Lee, have any other thoughts? I'm, um, out, of, I'm out of thoughts. We've already exhausted our thoughts on the, the potential trade aspect here. Again, we, we kind of favor Josh Hart and, and Sadoransky over Markinen, and we're kind of hoping that Markinen is not headed to Charlotte, but I guess... Uh, we don't know for sure until that actually comes out. Yeah, no. I uh, The only other thing I was going to say is uh, the Summer League roster came out today, and it looks pretty awesome. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to settle in for some, some like, uh, you know, midday Las Vegas Summer League action here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, Summer we'll, League's always a lot of fun. And I think you're right, Lee. This is an exciting roster. I mean, obviously, the, the youth movement, you know, the draft, everyone's excited about it. We're going to see all those guys in action. You know, JT Thor wasn't on that roster, but he will be. Yep. In that trade, that Mason Plumley trade is is uh, official on August the 6th when the moratorium ends. So, yeah, I'm pumped. I, I made this uh, – I think I sub, sub-tweeted you or quote-tweeted you the other day, uh, Lee, when you – tweeted out a picture of the roster it was just like boy it's going to be fun it's also going to be hard to watch because there's a lot of uh, almost seven footers on this roster that think they're wings and are probably going to be playing together so get ready for turnovers get ready for terrible shots get ready for kai jones dribbling it off his knee a few times trying to go one-on-one against somebody but Mm -hmm. hey that's what development's for yeah, there's not – I mean, to your point, there's not a ton of, like, offensive organization on that roster. It's, like, Grant Riller and, like – and like I mean, I don't know. Is Darling going to be handling the ball? I guess Bullock yeah. will handle the ball a bunch, but, like, he's not exactly a uh, – you know, he's not exactly a uh, – Not a lead guard, no. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What's well, going to be interesting, too, like, Scotty Lewis, like, he, this is almost like mm-hmm. a tryout for him. You know what I mean? That's yep. what's so interesting about, like, Summer League happening in the middle of free agency or kind of like at the – you know, I know that the deals are starting to come in now but like as charlotte is filling out their roster and if they're really impressed with scotty lewis's play in, in summer league you know they're going to have to kind of leave room for him but again they're also going to be in on these deals and, and trying to fill out their roster too i could very well seeing scotty lewis not making the team maybe, maybe being a two-way player but you know this is almost like a tryout for him and then jt thor has got to get caught up to speed as soon as this mason Plumley trade comes into play here Dylan Jackson just uh, commented in the uh, discussion here. David Aldridge says Garrett Temple to the New Orleans Hornets. Uh, that confused me. I don't know if he's going to New Orleans or to Charlotte. He, did, he then corrects himself and says the Pelicans. So Garrett Temple is not returning to Charlotte because uh, I know that he played here in Charlotte at one point. But uh, yeah, not returning to the Bobcats. Not returning to the Bobcats. Correct. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Any other any other thoughts? I know we're kind of in the thick of it right now, and and deals are starting to come out. Uh, if you guys don't have any other thoughts, we can go ahead and wrap here. 
I think I'm good, man. This was this was a fun episode, and we got to kind of react to some of the uh, some of the breaking news too. So no Hornets, no Hornets news yet, but we will uh, we'll see how it plays out. This was a fun one. Yeah, the Hornets free agency news usually comes at like two or three a.m. So I will have my phone on alert and be waking up to chime in on anything like that. But yeah, something's going to happen, whether it be trade, whether it be signing with the cap space we have remaining, whether it be parking a contract somewhere else to create more cap space to go get a Rashawn Holmes. I think that everything's on the table here. So Hey, before we go, we do have a, a speaker request. So if James, if you would like to speak, have a question, comment, uh, go ahead and and speak up and we will take your, your thoughts. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Any chance that Good. Any chance that Nicholas Batum's uh, cap hold gets reduced if he signs another contract? That, I believe, is not going to be going down. Uh, I think that that stretched amount of, I think, what what is like $8.8 million that's uh, left on the caps for the uh, 2022 or 21-22 uh, cap yeah. sheet. I don't think that can be reduced. Is that correct? No, that's that's frozen. Yeah, that's it's frozen. Uh, 8.8 this year and 8.8 for the following season as well. Yeah. Now, he is a free agent. We can always go after him, right? I'm actually not exactly sure what the rule on that is. I, I think, uh, seriously, I, I think that we might not, because honestly, like you think about it, on a minimum deal or a little above that, Nick Batum Services is kind of exactly what this roster needs right now. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I think we can reacquire him. Can we sign him and then stretch him again? Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep Just doing. Just stretches that. minimum for yeah, two two cents a year. We could sign, yeah. sign Nick Batum to be our starting center. There you go. There you go. Small ball five. He he did a little bit of that uh, with the Clippers. I guess more of he was in the small ball lineup. I don't know if he was technically the small ball five when he was playing. Probably more of like a Terrence Mann type of guy. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap here. I'm sure as we're wrapping, and I'm sure as you guys are listening to this on the podcast version, more news is going to come out with. In regards to the Charlotte Hornets, we appreciate everyone tuning in to another episode. Um, and I'm sure we're going to have more podcasts in the works here with Summer League and, and the confirmations of these free agents. Uh, it's just around the corner here, guys. So for Spencer and for Lee, I am Richie. Hope you guys have a good one. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.